now that I put you on the spot. Yeah, seriously, I was not even paying. I was like half paying attention to you talking, and then you're like, what's a famous con movie? Entrapment. Sure, okay, fine. But I think of this as more on the lines of Entrapment than I think of this as a, like, Mighty Ducks, you know? <laughs> we really have to do more sports movies. If yeah. you, the sports movie you think of is fucking Mighty Ducks. <laughs> it's just off the top of my head. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today we finally watched White Men Can't Jump. And we found out sometimes they can. You sound like an episode of 2020 or 60 Minutes. One of like my biggest questions coming out of this was like, did Woody Harrelson dunk on a 10-foot rim? Because that is like not an easy thing. And um, he could only dunk on a 9.5-foot rim. So, so like the the scene where he's actually trying, like for like twenty five grand, where the bet is between him and and Snipes, is like an actual, t- yeah, twenty. Did I say thousand? <laughs> uh, yeah, twenty five hundred. So that's an actual ten foot, and that's actually him trying. That would be funny. I think probably. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would have I would have measured it if I was twenty five hundred on the line. But I also that that part to me, I was like, I think that it like. So this movie is kind of a very 90s movie. And a lot of it, I called you after I finished it today. And I was like, man, the end of this movie makes zero sense to me. Right. But I still love the movie. And you were like, yeah, me too. It's in my top like 40, maybe 30, maybe higher. I don't know. This movie just has such a, such a vibe, such a, such like a, like like you said the the story and the plot might not be the strongest but like the the feeling you get watching it is just so good i don't i i don't know how else to describe it well i think so 90s movies kind of have this thing about them where they felt like they didn't need to explain the details to the audience and that the audience would just kind of have buy-in Whereas now, especially with like the internet and social media, people will kind of pick stuff apart and be like, well, that was stupid. This didn't make sense. You know, you'll have like, what did this movie mean? If you type in a movie and ending, like you'll get an article explaining it, right? I mean, for even like the simplest of stuff. Sure. So like, but you know, before before like the proliferation of the internet, you know, movies just kind of got away with like treating you kind of like an idiot. And so in the, the end of this movie, you know, there's a lot of questions I had. I was like, I don't even know really kind of what the point was of them playing that final game, except for like, kind of like bragging rights, really. Um, But with all that, yeah, I loved it. And like, I think as you said, it's just like kind of fun to hang out with these guys. But also the movie does do a lot of like really interesting things with like the way they set up the characters, like the character development of our two main guys, Rosie Perez, is all really great and kind of the choices they make too, like in, in different ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was, so I was surprised. I was surprised how much I liked it. So look, we didn't go into much detail about exactly what we didn't understand about the ending, but from the little bit that you said right here, I feel like could be wrong, but I feel like we actually understood different parts of the ending and then didn't understand different things. So maybe we could like explain to each other about, about, things but let's let's start from the beginning we get there 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we start off with this like kind of this cold open intro of Woody Harrelson's character walking to to Venice Beach. What's fun about this is I was talking to this uh, about this movie with my wife and she was trying to guess the plot. And finally, when she was like, "Okay, so it has something to do with basketball. Uh, And I was like, yeah, in the 90s. And I think she's thinking like it takes place like um, fucking high school musical, like the like inside a gymnasium (laughs) sort of stuff like that. And so when it's like, oh, on the courts, like the street courts of California, it's just kind of a it's a way different vibe than than what you would think a normal, quote unquote, basketball movie would take place in. Uh, And then I asked her who she thought, knowing it's a 90s film, who she thought started it. You know, the one white guy who can't jump and the black guy to teach him. Um, But she said brad pitt and will smith and uh i don't know that would have been a really interesting uh version of this film i think it's like a little bit before both of them like i think at this time snipes was a bigger star than will smith and oh yeah, oh, yeah. woody harrelson was a bigger name than brad well, I pitt think, right i think um, will smith was just he was just a rapper at that point i mean but so is jack harlow so honestly i don't even know that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that at the end. Um <laughs> but Brad Pitt's also never been an athlete in a sports movie if you don't count like Fight Club was not a sport, it's just fighting. And I guess Snatch he he boxes a little bit, but that's like mm, underground. Moneyball. Money but like ball, besides that, ball. I've never seen him play like well, he wasn't an athlete in Moneyball. He was a general manager of a baseball oh. team. Okay. He was a former athlete. We see him. I think we see him take like batting practice at one point in that movie, okay, but he just, okay. he doesn't, he doesn't scream that he like likes to play sports. Like he's too cool for it. Like in high school, he was like the popular guy that didn't play sports, but like was just too uh, like was above it. Um, I did read since you brought up Taylor's alternate casting that they asked uh, Charlie Sheen to play Billy Hoyle and he turned it down saying he didn't, he didn't feel like it would be any fun. Billy Hoyle. They also asked, uh, <laughs> David Duchovny and Keanu Reeves, um, and then Keanu Fox wanted Denzel. Keanu could have done it. You just think he's going to surf the whole time, though, right? <laughs> uh, you said um, Denzel. Fox Fox wanted Denzel. Yeah, they wanted Denzel, which is like I imagine every studio in the '90s wanted Denzel for every black like male lead part. Sure, they're like, oh, why don't we go ask Denzel to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was all of that. I love like the opening of this movie where he's like, he's, they got these three guys who are kind of singers who are, uh, they're doing like, you know, some Christian songs and he goes up to him. He's like, my father was a preacher. I love this shit. But then like only gives them a dollar, which is like, you think, oh, this guy's a cheapskate. It's really like he has no money to his name. So like even right, a dollar right. is like more than he really should be giving. It's actually really smart storytelling, uh, this this part of it, because then it cuts to like the full courts of Venice speech and they're playing a game and they pan to the bleachers and whoa, there's Woody Harrelson. So it's like the 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 singing, the singing choir uh, chorus people with Woody Harrelson is his introduction and it explains his situation kind of like he's he's cash poor. Right. But then it has this whole scene right after dedicating the character introduction to Wesley Snipes, 
which is really good because it's like his wife and kid come ask for money and and so it it puts it makes it very clear that they're both in like financial debt and so the the movie starts out with woody harrelson kind of just sitting on the side watching snipes play with other people and this one guy like wants to sit out and so they're like all right well you have to take woody harrelson's character which like then gives snipes the idea for basically kind of the rest of the movie right because he underestimates billy hoyle Billy Hoyle makes a couple passes to, oh no no Snipes is on the opposite team, but he makes a couple passes to beat Snipes, and then he sort of hustles Snipes by saying like, "Oh, you haven't even seen me shoot." And I love like the trash talk the whole time is so good. He's like, "I never make two in a row," and he's like, three in a row. I never do that." And he's like, "This isn't even my spot." He's like, ah, "The wind's Dude, kicking up a little bit." Like I loved all of it. I was dying at the Yo Mama jokes at the Yo Mama jokes in the nineties were so fresh then. Like they're they're played out now as like almost like ironic satirical stuff, right? But like in the nineties there was nothing yeah. more stepped like there was nothing more mint fresh as a good Yo Mama joke. Yeah. I <laughs> I I loved when Snipes was like, oh you take him and he's like, I don't want to take him and Snipes like, why don't you want to take him? And Woody's like, because I'm white. And the guy's like, because he's white and he's like, I told you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, was the was there no white players in the in the NBA back then? There's a lot. I mean, yeah, no. I just I think the the you know the whole point of the movie is he's like a little bit of a fish out of water. Like this isn't his L. You know, there's not a lot of white guys like playing street ball in this area for money, hustling. Um, but yeah, there are definitely like white players in the NBA. I love and, at the and, end too. I've hustled a hell of a lot better players than <laughs> you before. I I also don't know. You know what he's wearing is like the what the cleanest fit around right but like they're making fun of what he is wearing calling him a geek a dork a nerd so it's like even even for that crowd he's not like wearing uh like the up and up you know well it's also he's like poor the reason he's wearing what he's wearing is because he doesn't have money to afford anything new yeah i get that 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 he fine he can't afford the clothes and he's you know poor but what i'm saying is that like the 90s vibe is just so strong with this movie with like what they're wearing and and the slang and everything like that like i think it's just his his cap his tie-dye cap is just so iconic in this movie and he wears the same thing throughout the whole the whole film yeah yeah i agree and i i mean i may have just said this but i love the way it ends too, where he like he talks shit to him and then he's like, you know, I beat a hell of a lot better players than you. And the other guy's like, Sid, Sid, I thought we were going to Sizzler, man. He's like, shut the fuck up. And as Woody Harrelson walks away, you just see Wesley Snipes looking at him and you can see the like the idea forming in his head. Yeah. And so he immediately follows them to his and Rosie Perez's place. Um, I never got the Rosie Perez thing. Until you see her in this movie, then you're like, oh, okay, this is why people like. <laughs> I get it now. I mean, she's not my type, but yeah, I I get it. I see it. I see it. And and I love her character too. Like her character is so funny, and not, not always like haha funny, but like it works so well with Woody Harrelson's character Billy. Um, like leaving her in the bathroom, and she's like, count to thirty. If I'm not out, go out the back window. And it's Snipes, right? It's not the 
what Menendez brothers or whoever he's he's waiting for and uh, that, you know, he uh, owes a debt to. Um, but then he just gets caught up talking to Snipes and and uh, she comes out. She's like, well, what the hell, guys? Like, you left me in there for way more than 30 seconds. I was going to jump out the back window. And um, and I think it's just as the movie does a really good job of like making them like really good frenemies. Right. Like, yeah, they don't like each other, but they really they become like best friends kind of. Well, and I think Snipes character is kind of the more nuanced as far as like and sort of hidden and reserved about like how he actually feels about Woody. Right. You know, because which makes that that hustle that happens in a little bit, like completely caught me off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I didn't see that coming at all. And when when Rosie Perez was like, oh, you got hustled. I was, I was like, like no, fuck. Yeah, we did. All of us got hustled. <laughs> <laughs> Only Rosie saw it. No, um, but did you did you did you see her point of view or did you not like get it until he showed up at the house? As soon as she said you got hustled, I was like, she's right. Because he was just playing bad, right? Well, it wasn't the playing bad. It was how apologetic he was about playing bad. That was like that gave it away after it's pointed out, right? Mm, he was like, okay. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I should, you know, I, I should have played better, whatever. Um, I like the line from him. Uh, you know, they're getting hot in heaven. He's like, I put my mouth where that money is. Um, and then there's also this little bit where she like keeps her drinking away from him, but then like plays nothing, nothing, nothing into the rest of the movie. Like, doesn't matter. It's just like a little right. thing. Speaking of little bits, I feel like there's little like skits, little bits throughout this movie. And one of them that's just like so funny is he, there's a guy that they're hustling and he needs to go get money for the for the, yeah. for the betting pool. Right. And he goes to his car and he grabs a gun and you think that he's going to fuck. He's going to fuck. <laughs> he's going to just rob him there on the court. Right. But no, he takes the gun. He puts on a ski mask. He goes, robs the corner store for the for the betting money and instead he gets caught by the guy because he knows him and he just sells his gun for like 300 bucks to him but then it comes up where he does he realizes he was hustled so he just goes back to his car for another gun i i think that whole thing just gives this movie so much personality like that one character that we never see again or maybe we do see him again but um like a one one-off character and it just you know his whole backstory in like five seconds it's great like he's like he's like you know fuck all y'all i'm getting my other gun and shooting everybody and everybody runs which is like played for comedically and probably could not be played comedically that way like today we'll see (laughs) (laughs) i doubt it i doubt it's in there uh just from the trailer but um i also like you know you bring that up how we get this guy's whole backstory but then we get this like king and the duck backstory too which is really set up for the end but I like how they talk a little bit about the history of streetball, like in this area, even though it's kind of like it's fake, obviously, um, for, you know, the the names and characters or whatever for this movie. But I like that part of it. And the, the, the argument about you listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. And then Rosie's like, Jimmy's drummer was white. And he's like, nah, Jimmy didn't play with no white people. <laughs> it was a couple of days after we watched the movie with with my wife and I. And we were we were going through TikTok, um, not TikTok, but like Instagram reels. Right. And there was this white girl who was holding a guitar pick 
but it was oh a, no you, you know it, it was a it was the a Corbin, Corbin blue. blue but he was like she was like i found this really cool vintage guitar pick of Jimi hendrix and i turned to taylor and i go she can she can hear jimmy but she or she can listen to jimmy but she can't hear jimmy she she hears corbin yeah um yeah was, i i but back to the movie i liked i liked that whole dialogue especially when like snipes it's kind of like the one time where i guess in the start of this movie snipes kind of keeps getting over you know or woody gets over snipes and then woody gets over him and rosie gets over him again about the Jimi hendrix stuff um and then what's funny is so snipes says to woody he's like you know on the court you're very cool but when i talk about your woman you lose it um and then woody goes back at him with this like you'd rather look good and lose than bad and win which is kind of a very like trope thing to say about like black basketball players versus white basketball players well especially um, his care his especially his character trying to always shoot like the backwards behind the back shots and passes you know no no i agree i just mean like the whole the movie does that over and over again it's very like kind of like once again that like i think this movie for like white and black people has kind of aged really well where it's one like it's not one that's like divisive but made today and at the end we'll talk about the new one it couldn't be made the same way like similar to like you couldn't make tropic thunder again today but still <laughs> people understand why it was funny like even just 2008 yeah um i think it's similar and then well, we, get a, we get a we get a sex scene oh yeah actually a really good one it's hot and heavy a pretty really... pretty decent one i mean you've seen a lot of sex scenes in films and they're just kind of like bland and but this one's like pretty good go at and not expected in like what is essentially a sports movie yeah, you know, you say that, but I when when I think of this movie, I don't think of a sports movie. I think of a like a con man movie, like a not a heist movie, but like I think of uh, what's another really famous con movie. Now that I put you on the spot, yeah, seriously, I was not even paying. I was like half paying attention to you talking, and then you're like, "What's a famous con movie? Entrapment." Sure. Okay. Fine. But I think of this as more on the lines of entrapment than I think of this as a like Mighty Ducks. You know, <laughs> we really have to do more sports movies. If yeah. you, the sports movie you think of is fucking Mighty Ducks, <laughs> it's just off the top of my head. I was thinking earlier uh, that we need to do Remember the Titans, which also doesn't have any sex scene. Spoiler alert: as a Disney movie, um, and we we next get this. Uh, kind of the first breakup between them where she's like i'm thirsty and he gets her a glass of water she's like i don't want a glass of water i was reading cosmo and i want sympathy i want you to tell me that you know what it's like to be thirsty and then he splashes it in her face and i was like such a g move no battle on <laughs> battle on i um this got us in trouble on the casino podcast i'm gonna let you do it again mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh what's he's kind of an asshole this whole movie to her that's another thing that didn't like age well to me where like the way he treats her is really really shitty and she kind of keeps going back to him i i agree and i think the way you could have like retcon this is that at the end he chooses her over conning and and basketball and he doesn't and the fact that he doesn't 
makes everything that he has done in the past of this movie way worse. Like you, you think he's an asshole to her because it's it's the movie is trying to give you some sort of character development, some sort of character arc that he's gonna get at the end. He does not, my friend. He does not. He just makes some really bad decisions throughout, like like thinking he can dunk a basketball, which we're gonna get to very very quickly. Um. So, but they get in this argument right where he throws water in her face and she wants to screw. Um, he's like, you don't like to screw though. You like to make love or fuck. Um, and he, he's going to leave her. Right. And this is like the first time where like one of them is going to leave after this. It's usually her, but it's like just sort of a plot device so that we can see that the Stucky's brothers are there, which is also just like totally like a, the Stucky brothers only exist in nineties movies. Like as these characters are portrayed in this, like later on, like they, they, they don't really make a whole lot of sense in the movie. Yeah, I, they're they're what you would call like a MacGuffin or like a just a a way to get to like fake up the antes of our protagonist, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we next get the next basketball scene, which is the Watts basketball scene. Uh, Billy comes off the train. You think it's gonna play the exact same way? That guy has to like borrow his his that part now i'm like why does that even matter like because you're basically trying to trick billy who's not even really paying attention but he has to get his girl's necklace so that he can have enough to match the 1700 that wesley snipes has but he doesn't really have enough he only has like 1150 and wesley snipes is like ah that's good anyway which is maybe your first sign that something's off uh and then they lose. And like I said, Snipes being all apologetic about it and like, oh, my bad. And he's like playing very tentative the whole time. And the guy even calls him, which is funny because when it first happened, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But then when you realize that they're in on it, but he like calls Snipes out. He's like, man, I, you tried to hustle us here and you're still going to lose, you know? Yeah. I, now that you mention it, the, the necklace doesn't make a lick of sense. Like that, like that, because that, because Billy was like, way over there when that it's was all one, happening it's one of those things and it's like better it's, it's for our benefit the exactly. audience's benefit exactly yeah. yeah when you write something that is only for the audience's benefit that doesn't make sense in the world that's like a little bit of poor writing which like with this movie i think we've we gloss over because we like the rest of it right um, but when he goes to rosie and she's immediately like you got fucking con and he's like no i didn't and then he makes her like a little kid go over to this house to mm. like to like ask for his money back. And my favorite part is that the fact that like they're about to pull a gun on him and shoot him, but they like can't find the bullets, but then they all just forget about it because they're watching the Lakers game. And then like two seconds later, they like don't even care about that part of it. It's so cool to me. My favorite part, and actually this is good writing, is that they establish it very well that that even though Woody Harrelson is a con man, he has a code and you can't just ask for people's money back. Right. And so they established that he thinks that way, which is why, even though he got hustled by snipes, he does not want to go and ask for his money back because men don't do that. And there's a code and you just don't do that. But it has established beforehand and another situation. So then when you get to the part where he just has to ask for the money back, you understand more on why he's so opposed to it. Cause he, just in the terms of the film, he doesn't want to come off as a little bitch. Exactly. Yeah. That's the code is not seeming like a little bitch because also like 
He's like, give me my money back. And Wesley Snipes is like, no. And he's like, okay, well, I asked. Like, he's not going to give you his money back. And even uh, Mrs. Sydney, uh, Rhonda, she's like, yeah, you're not getting your fucking money back, but maybe we can do something else. Well, Rhonda has like a skin in the game too, right? Because she wants to get out of the hood. She wants to have like the, the house with the picket fence and everything like that. And so she she sees this as like, yeah, your your boyfriend and my husband ran a good con, but like, like we won out and and like won out, like W O N out, right? Like we won out, so now we can move out. And uh, Rosie Perez is just like, yeah, yeah, I get that, but also let's do fairs fair, and they devise a play to get like way more money with the tournament, right? So do you think Wesley Snipes says to Woody Harrelson when he's like, you fucked me. He's like, you know, we have a code. You're on my team. You don't con your teammate. And he says, you either smoke or get smoked. Do you think that Sydney conned him because he's like, this is an easier con. It'll get me 1700 instead of like playing a game that I might lose. This is a guaranteed 1700 or whatever, whatever I give these guys. Or do you think he conned Woody Harrelson because he's like, you conned me, so fuck you, I'm going to con you back. But 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 they did that later on, right? Like, they already conned, like, a few people. I feel like it would be, like, a, like a not just petty, but, like, a late revenge sort of thing. If he was to do that, I would imagine he would do it right off the bat. But the fact, I think it's the first Right. I think it's the fact that he's more of a guarantee if he does it that way and he gets a 1700. But it's not smart because if you get 1700, you just got to split it between you and him. But now who has who does he have to pay off? So he has to give the money back to the guy plus extra plus the other player. So it, I don't know. I feel like he he didn't make as much money as he could have if he just. It, Probably didn't split it evenly with those other guys. Probably was like, hey, man, I'll just give you 100 each if you guys just beat us in basketball. You know what I mean? It's And they were probably, they're his they're his friends, right? So they were, uh, they were I love, like. I love when he he gets to the house and it's like, if, if there's any doubt that he did this, it is shut down. Like all the people are there. <laughs> all the people are there. All the people are there that conned him and it was so good. But then let's let's get to the tournament. So it's the, it's, uh, they set up I, the and it's One not even the, a con at this point, right? With the tournament, it's just like signing up to play. I love the way this tournament is designed. Like, this is kind of like the social commentary of this movie might be the best part. But the fact that they, like, created this tournament where the logo is a black hand and a white hand shaking hands, right? Is like, to bring the races together, we're going to have a basketball tournament. Like, right. And the organizers, like... At the end of it, they're like, just give them their money. Let's get the fuck out of here. Like, couldn't be less happy to be here. Right, right. Um, like, all of that part of it is really funny uh, to me. And so they see, like, their main competition, right? And you just know, like, okay, now these are the guys they're going to play in the finals. And um, Billy just, like, completely, like, starts talking shit to them right away. And I could not tell. At, at this point, I thought he was trying to hustle Wesley Snipes again. Um, that he was like somehow like gonna let them lose against these really good guys and have made a deal with them or something because it like didn't make finals? sense in the finals. Yeah, it doesn't make sense until you realize that oh, 
earlier in the movie, Rosie Perez kind of talks about how like, you know, he has trouble with money or he, he's like a little bit of a hothead and she says it, but we haven't seen it at this point. He seemed really calm and like a very cool guy. But in this tournament, talking shit to your main competition because he's like, oh, I think they'll play worse when they're angry. And he turns out to be right, but it's like not always right. And then like right after this, like bets 2,500 on a dunk contest when he can't dunk, right? Those two scenes back to back, we get to see that he is a hothead who's bad with money and doesn't make good decisions. Yeah. And it's like the reason they're poor. Although it's like, isn't she the... Re- I yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. She's kind of, she bought a shitty car and then he tried to fix it, but he couldn't fix it. So it's like the original debt is kind of your fault, Rosie Perez. I, I agree because it, it's kind of, well, this plays in part on why the ending doesn't make a fucking bit of sense. So so we're we're almost there. But I think what he was trying to do is just trying to get under the skin of like, he's like, okay, we can beat every motherfucker here. Right. Like everyone here is chop liver to us. This no, no issue. The only people that you're scared of, the only people that could be a competition to us is these two guys. So I'm going to get them so riled up that I'm going to try to get them like out before they even get to us. It doesn't work, but that's how I took it. Like he was just trying to get them so angry and so like almost like like if one of them punched him in the face, maybe they would have been disqualified, right? That's how you would win a tournament. That's your game plan. It's like I'm gonna enrage them so much that I win by disqualification. I'm not saying that's my plan. I'm just saying that's I'm just saying that that I thought that's what Harrelson was doing, you know. One of my favorite things in this movie is the and it does it so many times. So the the way the basketball scenes are shot is you have the guys playing. They're not saying anything to each other, but then they sort of just dub over trash talk and game talk, but the people's mouths yeah. aren't moving, right? Or or they try to hide it with like going behind their back. But I, I, yeah. I, I like it. I think it works. The other thing is there's just some very subtle under the breath lines. And so when Willie and Flight are playing in their first game and they're beating these two white guys, like beating the shit out of him. One of the women on the side says, my man ain't getting nothing tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. No, uh, I, I, the line that I really like is from the, from the judges that, yeah. that you, give them you the said, money. Let's get the, give fuck, money, out let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, what is also really good about this movie is when they get into that final game, I had no, idea. you know, in a lot of sports movies, you can kind of tell what's going to happen and this one i was like this could go either way like the the direction of the movie so when they win it is sort of surprising but it's not a win right because it's like it's like the movie gives you the win but then it's taken away with the with the dunking bet yeah i i also love the uh him pumping up the shoes which is will not be in the new movie because like those pump up shoes are not a thing anymore um i can't believe they were ever a thing and i can't believe anyone ever thought they fucking worked i think what they do is they just tighten the shoe around your foot oh i thought they put air in the soles well yeah but that also tightens it around your foot but i mean it doesn't it's not like it creates a trampoline where you jump higher like the fucking moon boots (laughs) shit like that and i love after he misses all three dunks and what's funny is he then tries a fourth that he's even worse on. Like, so he had no chance of ever making this. But the movie then sh- juxtaposes Sydney's night where he goes home as the victor 
makes love to his woman and then Woody's just like walking the streets like doesn't want to go home buys a dress for her that she pretends to like until she finds out about the money and then she's like you buy me this cheap hoochie mama dress that I'm supposed to wear on Jeopardy that you know is supposed to hide the fact that you just lost the money again um and then she she hitchhikes and there's another under the breath oh line from the god. guy that, picks, the guy up. that like, picks her up get in here sweetie I was like oh my god do not get in there as his apartment is burning down, like his literal world is crashing. It's great. It's one of the best, like, like everything bad happens all at once sort of scenes, you know? And then he walks outside and the Stoochies are there and they tie him up and they're like, we're going to kill you, but we're going to give you one more week to pay us. One more week to pay 10 grand, right? That was what it was established in the beginning of this movie was 10 grand. I thought it was seven. Might have been eight. It was definitely more than five. Yeah. I thought it was a weird number. I thought it was like seven. Okay. I I thought it was 10, but either way, it was set. It was more than five, which is going to play into the end of the math of this movie. Um, So he goes to Sydney. He's like, I need help. Uh huh. And and Sydney's like, Oh, you know, I don't know why I feel the need to help you, but you're my cross to bear. Like I have a soft spot for you. And so, and you think it's another con. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I thought he was being real this time. And this is the part of the movie I had seen, which is funny because there's only like 30 minutes left in the movie. But I saw the part where he goes to this basketball court and the guy, one of the guys that helped hustle him is a security guard for the game shows. And he like makes him take a shot. And he's like, no, that's Ghana. You got to shoot to Sudan and you have to do a hook shot. And then he just fucking drains it. Yeah. For his car, too, which is like one thing this movie doesn't do, which I think is good. But they never tell Gloria that, like, hey, the only reason you got on Jeopardy is because no, 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 dude... no, nope, nope. Don't talk about it yet. Don't talk about it yet. We're we're almost at the end. We can talk about it then. Well, no, I mean this doesn't happen in the movie. Okay, fine. You're gonna talk about it. I'll talk about it. You're absolutely correct. That doesn't happen, and it it feels like when they're in the park and and snipes is out of luck and he's like i need your help with this one last thing because i got robbed my family is is out of all my money everything was taken from me um i need your help doing this and he goes to to uh gloria and he's like we i need to do this one last basketball game and she's like if you do this we're over and he's like i'm doing this and she's like we're over i'm like just tell her two things one Snipes has helped me out a lot. His family got fucking robbed. We need to do this to help his family. And two, fucking the only reason you got on Jeopardy is because of him. So surely that you would let me help our friend that has basically carried us through our entire problems at this moment. And I'm sure she would have been like, oh, you don't do the tournament. I'm just going to give you the money because I'll go on Jeopardy next week because the cha- returning champion keeps coming on, right? Yeah. She's like, I'll go on Jeopardy next week, win another 12K, and we'll be fine. And everyone will be fine. And I'm like, that never happens. And it fucks the whole movie. Did Jeopardy in the early 90s happen once a week? Yeah, I think so. Because it's daily now. It's five days a week. For like ever since I can remember, it's five days a week. So you could make because she made fourteen thousand dollars on her first episode. She's like, I'll make twelve thousand a week. And I was like, you could surely make more than that. So I guess Jeopardy must have been like 
a prime time once a week thing that then turned into like a daily at five o'clock thing. If it's a daily thing, that pisses me off even more. <laughs> but she says I'll make 12k a week, which makes it seem weekly. And you know, that's very possible, right? Well, the other thing is I am almost positive. Maybe, maybe they didn't, but it would make so much sense to me if they filmed the scene where at the end she comes back to him and she's like, Sydney told me everything that you risked your car to get me on that show and that they got robbed and you only did it because he needed it because da 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that feels like a 90s movie, but instead they wanted the ending where like, because Wesley even says at the end, he's like, maybe you two shouldn't be together anymore. And it's like, that has been kind of established that they're actually not maybe that great for each other. Like good but sex. on top of, <laughs> right. But, but on top of everything that that could have just easily have been explained away, the fact that they're, in it in debt with the brothers in the first part is because of her it it enrages me she has no right to be like this this is the last straw i'm like dude you're in this pickle because of her and and she won't even help i get what i get what you're saying rosie perez needs to know her place she needs to shut up and be appreciative for billy hoyle that's what you're saying alan i'm not i don't agree with that i think Uh uh-huh kind of backwards 90s sure. thoughts yeah thanks but, uh, but i get what you're saying so. i will say this i know you're being sarcastic but i will say this um and that's not true forget everything david just said <laughs> um but i will say this i feel like i don't feel like i don't know what i'm saying i like the the ending where they don't get together i like that she leaves him i just wish it happened in a better way i like that he he won and he got the money and they're out of the pickle or whatever, whatever. And, and they move on with their life and like Snipes and, and uh, Hoyle are super good friends now. And I like that he's not still with uh, Ro- uh, Gloria, but I just wish it happened in a more logical way. That's what I'm here to say. Yeah. Do you think that Woody Harrelson picks up like a his next his next girl is like a black woman he meets like at the courts and then he gets like really into black culture. Isn't that already the movie? And his nickname becomes like white chocolate, white chocolate. Oh, that's good. I think that's, that's the uh, progression. That's, that's what um, Jack Harlow's movie is about. If you are really good at basketball and like you play pickup basketball and you're white, there's like a 42% chance that you they start calling you white chocolate, especially if you can triple. It's just like, if you can triple, it goes up to like 75%. I do love the cut of him making the basketball shot to cutting directly to the Jeopardy opening. And I love that Jeopardy was like all in on being involved with this movie too. Like having oh, Alex Trebek, Alex on, Trebek there. on there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> she misses the first question with saying Babe Ruth. And he's like, yeah, she's not good at sports. And then fucking all the other categories just dominates. And the guys like looking at each other like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, what are the odds of the foods that begin with Q category being on there? I mean, it's happened once from what I read, but very low. I also, she says Suvius, which like would not be. No way would have ever not been be counted. No. Nah. But I, I like that they did it. And even the judges after that, when she starts getting everything right, was like, I probably shouldn't have given her that one. She's like too good. Um, and then he wins her back by singing a song about how he won't bring her water. He'll just tell her that he also understands thirst. I, I have to say, 
That song fucking slaps. <laughs> That's a good song. It is catchy as all hell. And then she's like, you didn't trust it. You know, after they bang again and they're in a very nice hotel. You know, you didn't trust me. Jeopardy would call. She's like thinking about the future. She gives him two grand for nice clothes so that he can get a job. And I was like, man, things have changed. Like nice clothes, like aren't the thing that gets you a job. And you're like, what job is this guy getting that he needs nice clothes for? I, I also like the detail how Snipes' character has like five jobs and you see him <laughs> doing them. When when he was coming out of that house with his wife and kid with that real estate agent, I was like, did I step into a different movie? Because he's like wearing a polo. His hair's all different. He's not wearing a hat. He's like very clean cut. And then uh, he kind of presents himself that way when he's doing the construction job. Um, but. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what 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 job in this movie is Woody Harrelson really qualified for. I mean, eventually he's going to work construction with with him. I really like I would have been all in for white men can't jump to like from, you know, 1994. Right. Like this sequel. What do you think it would be? White men can't jump to. Sometimes. They still can't fucking white men jump. Can't jump too. They still can't fucking jump. Um, So Sydney gets robbed. And when I saw this, I had like kind of paused the movie. I was like, there are 18 minutes left in this movie. And there's going to be like, you know, the, the credits at the end. So it's like 13 minutes of film time. I was yeah. like, what, like, what are we trying to squeeze in at the end of this? It's like, why is he getting robbed? And of course it's because he's like, the king and the duck are back and we got one more game and we need 2,500. And this is like where my questions start. Right. Cause he's like, all right, we need 2,500. Yeah. And he's like, I got 2000. We're good. Like, where does the other 500 come from? Yeah, true. Sure. Um, And then they'll win. I want to get back to the basketball because the basketball is really good. And the Stoochies find Woody right after. I think he gives them the 5,000. Yeah. So he and he goes, owes seven to 10,000. He owes seven. And I'm trying to think because, okay, so he, he goes and tries to find Gloria, but Gloria is gone. Gloria has left the building completely. She's no more. And he's out on the porch and then he turns around. And he has a gun in his face and it's the brothers and they take him and you think they kill him. And it 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 utterly shocked me to my core because I was like, wow, this movie is dark. But I was like, no, surely something's up because this is not happening that way. And then it's like it's a ruse. It's just like all those other people in the photo album are are actually alive. It's just a it's an intimidation technique. Right. Yeah. So Wesley Snipes was playing this so that he could get out of the hood because he lost the five thousand that he needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to figure out how this movie is working maybe woody puts up the 2500 but it's like they a went, pot they what i don't know what you're saying right now just stop talking for a second and just tell me if you agree with what i say because you're uh-huh. just gibberish uh-huh. he puts up his 2500 and they win another 2500 maybe woody just keeps his 2500 and wesley gets to keep his 2500 because before if they had done the tournament, the 2,500 by itself would have helped out Wesley getting out of the hood. So maybe that 2,500 is just Wesley's. And then Woody Harrelson gives the Stoochies 2,500 
and they're like, okay, we'll accept that. But then you also have to go in our book where we pretend to kill people. And it's just this like big joke at the end of the movie. Yeah. So they accepted 2,500 when they were owed seven to 10. And we're just like, we're cool with that. And Wesley Snipes is just in the back watching this fake killing with like the fake blood on his face. Pretty funny. Pretty funny. Actually, then, I mean, I, but I don't have a problem with it. I love the movie. The, I love the movie. This is like the smallest of details, but I just noticed it because I was so perplexed at the movie at this point. So the Stoochies start to walk away. One of the Stoochies gets in the van. The other one walks behind the van. And then half a second later, the van starts and takes off. There was no time for the other brother to get in the van before it took off. You're you're hung up on the details. Okay, so this is another big uh, other like plot point thing that I, I don't agree with how this movie finished. It's like Rosie Perez is supposed to be the love of his life, right? He's like crazy about her. He gets mad at Snipes for like fake hitting on her, everything like that. And then he loses her and he's kind of just okay with it. Like I was expecting him to be like a little bit more because it, it, it gives him no time, right? He's in the apartment. He realizes she's gone forever. She walked out on him. She's never coming back. And then the gun is pulled on him and he fakes dead and they take the picture and it's played for a laugh. And then they're like hanging out on a wall and they walk into the sunset and that's the end of the movie. But there's no time for him to actually be torn up about her leaving him. He sort of just is like, yeah, I guess I accept it. And then Snipes is like, I'll give you a job. And that's it. Yeah. That's wrapped it. up very quickly. Yeah. And and look, we kind of shit on this movie. And there's a bunch of like plot points, like plot holes and stuff that we don't agree with. But man, do we not fucking love this film? Well, and the reason I love it is the basketball, which we didn't even talk about the last game, the King and the Duck game. Um, and I loved like the two older black guys betting on the on the side. And like every time, every time, like Sydney and uh, and uh, Billy have to like or make a basket. The other guy's giving one of the guys money like and then when the other team scores, the other he's like giving it back to him. Like they're betting like individual buckets like who like like real money on it. I think that was funny. And it's just like it is pretty, pretty good basketball to me. So um, it is very entertaining. Like I think. You know, I said with the tournament, I didn't know who was going to win or lose. With this one, I was like, I'm very confident they're going to win this one. Yeah, I mean, it's the last one, and they're just, just at least end on a high note, right? And 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 um, yeah, I mean, it, for me, it was not the basketball. For me, it was the it was the setting of the '90s. For me, it was the characters. For me, it was just like everything, but um. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed hanging out with these two characters and, and getting to know them more and their ups and downs and their uh, personality you, quirks and stuff like that. You also always look for character arcs. And I think Wesley Snipes has a nice character arc from like when he has to go to Woody in the end and ask him to play and he sees Gloria getting like mad at him. You can see it in Woody's face. He's like, man, you should just listen to her. You should not help me. And then afterwards, after they win the game and Gloria's gone, he's like, man, you should have listened to her. He's like, well, why didn't you tell me? He's like, well, I needed your help. That doesn't mean you should have listened to me. He's like, well, I shouldn't have listened to you then, but I should listen to you now. And he's like, well, you can, you're a grown man. Do what you want. I don't, I don't care. I'm just telling you. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And I think, you know, the way he just took his 2,500 for the dunk bet, it was like his low. And I don't mean like, I mean, it was Harrelson's low too, but Snipes, it was his low too, taking money from a guy he he knew he had no business taking money from. Uh, but then giving giving him the the out the chance to to not help him um but i think it was like it's it's the movie almost says it's like bros before hoes sort of thing where it 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 almost like wants harrelson to choose snipes over gloria and i think that's kind of funny well i was saying so when gloria comes up to him and he's like yeah so i gotta play this game it puts the audience in a very weird position because i'm like the right glory is right. She's been right. Like the last seven times, like he should listen to her, but I also want him to help snipes out. Right. Even though in the end, I don't know if he actually helps him at all. Cause he has to give all the money to the Stoochies, but maybe he only gives them 2,500, but he even says I doubled the money. So yeah, it sounds I, like he has $5,000. I don't know. I think we might've missed something during the no, last. No, We didn't thing. miss shit. We okay. didn't miss shit. Okay. Unless they played the duck, duck and the king in like seven games in a row and run all of them, the math doesn't make sense on who helped, who got helped from this basketball game. Unless the if Stucci- it was a pot, unless if it was a pot that they were. It wasn't a the- pot. It was okay. you put up twenty five hundred, we put up twenty five hundred, and the winner takes it all. Unless if it was a pot, the the you don't understand how you don't understand how it works. Um fine but but honestly you don't either because somehow they got they got out of it and i guess writers didn't understand it (laughs) the writers didn't understand but the point i I want to finish up the point i was making is you want him to help wesley snipes right even though Mm -hmm. you want him to listen to gloria but you also want to see this last basketball game so it's like you you want him to not listen to gloria even though you're like that's the right decision but you want the movie to go in this direction which is funny but then again, it could have easily been solved with just the fact that if he explained to Gloria the situation, I'm sure she would have understood and given him another chance at it, you know? Which is funny. It's the more, it's like the happier ending, the more like feel good, like, oh, they stayed together, which people don't like. But it's also the more logical ending for him to just tell her like, hey, I did this for you. I got you on Jeopardy, but I also need to help Sydney because he helped you get on Jeopardy. And it's like, you're really good at this. So you're going to keep winning. Yeah, and but also it's like she doesn't want to say that because he doesn't want to like make her feel like he she got on Jeopardy because of him. She got it on her own merit, but he was willing to to let her go, like her to break up with him as long as she still thought that about herself. Like it, I get good for him. I mean, I guess it shows he's the bigger person, but it's such a it's such a weird way to do it. So at the time of recording this, the new 2023 remake of White Men Can't Jump hasn't come out on Hulu yet, but uh, let's go watch it now. And when we come back, we'll talk about it. All right, Alon, we're back. What did you think of the new one? So there was either a cut there, David, or that was the quickest movie in the world. Uh, joking aside, it is a very short movie. It's like an hour 40. And I feel like there's this plot point in the movie. And I think this is the the overall thing that bothered me the most about the remake. There's this plot point of the movie of this, <laughs> of this like big tournament that that's like half a million dollars is the prize. And I'm thinking that that's going to be the finale, right? Like that's going to be the big thing. When they when they do when they finish the twenty five grand tournament, 
I look at the TV and there's 10 minutes left. And I was like, how are they going to fit the half a million tournament in there? But I'm like, maybe they do it like really fast. Like, yeah, they they won. Kind of like how the last tournament was was fit in the last 10 minutes of uh, the original. Right. Right. But then but then they just don't. They just don't ever get there. And the movie is an hour 40. So it's not like they couldn't dedicate another like 20 minutes to get there. But it it worries me because it makes me think that they want to make a sequel. No, they got to that. that the last tournament in this one was the half a million dollar tournament. Um, they lost to that white dude who like was, you know, Jack Harlow's arch nemesis. Oh, like lost immediately that 20. Yeah, that was the $25,000 tournament. And then the three on three tournament was the 500,000 that they won, which, um, so I'll just say like this. I that's, like that's confusing to me. Well, I mean, I was barely paying attention. I was doing other stuff, but it was quite evident to me what was going <laughs> so on. So was I. So was I. So, you know, when we talked about the 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 first one, the the OG, I was, you know, I had a lot of questions about the ending and how the money was actually going to help them. And this one was just like, it's like they listened to us and were like, all right, so $500,000 is online. I was like, all right, calm down, guys. Let's, let's just bring it back a little bit. Okay, so so um, remember when I called you, and this is me after finishing it, and I think you're either 30 minutes in or you haven't started yet. And I was like, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. And I think my expectations were so low that I'm like, as long as it's literally not like babies farting, I'll be like pretty happy. Um, and it wasn't, so I was. but. Uh, I also told you that I'm like, it has a lot of problems, but it also solves a lot of problems that the first one had. And that is one of the things that it solved, in my opinion. It's clearing yeah. up the money situation. Well, so you you texted me that like 30 to 40 halfway in. And then you at the end, you're like, it's so mediocre and it could be so much better. Yeah. And, and so here's what my issue with the movie. And I told you this. So for like the first hour... I'm like laughing at a lot of the jokes. I'm like really kind of with what the movie is setting up. And then just the last 30 minutes, the last act, third act of the movie just sort of loses the plot and like really loses it for me. So like, you know, Jack Harlow is dating Tatiana. And he's like, (laughs) I was like, one thing this movie has good is the women in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, we agree. Um, (laughs) <laughs> you know how when we were talking about i was like do you think once uh rosie perez breaks up with him he's gonna date a black girl in the movie this movie also was like yeah david once again you were correct yeah we're but um that. so he's like very supportive of tatiana and he's like oh yeah go you know i'll make it work so you can go with sizza on like tour and like he's a very supportive boyfriend right and then like a couple scenes later, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going on this thing. He's like, you're just leaving me? Like, this is a tough time for me. And she's like, you're not supportive. I'm breaking up with you and runs away. And it's like, yeah, in the in the other move, in the first movie, they did a great job of kind of establishing the faults of Woody Harrelson. In this one, it's just like they have a disagreement on whether he should play basketball or not. He's not like bad with money. He's, I mean, mm-hmm. he's poor, but he's not like bad with money. He's just got bad knees and she thinks he needs to grow up and move on. And then at one point he's not completely thinking about her and she's like, I'm out. <laughs> you know what? Honestly though, if you're not completely thinking about her, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, 
um <laughs> just a thir- this is just a thirst um uh okay so so what they did in this too uh, i wanted to point out is they took a lot of the character um development or like the character's characteristics from the first one of both wesley snipes and woody harrelson and they kind of mix them up and dis- disperse them in a weird way between these two guys and so like they gave all the anger issues to um Alan and then they gave um uh cuz i don't remember his first name but i, I remember his Kamal Kamal Allen they gave all the anger issues to Kamal Allen which was Woody Harrelson's Harrelson's thing in the first one and then they gave like like uh trying to start a new life thing with Jack Harlow which was more Wesley Snipes thing and then but also still making Alan a family man but then also giving him like the tragic backstory of his like basketball career and so it's just kind of like this weird mix up and then you add a bunch of like I think I would just call this like Gen Z shit, which is like, and I actually didn't mind this because I was like, it kind of makes it relevant in the times. And it's not, it's not like overdone in a cringy way where it's like, he has so many side hustles. I'm talking about Jack Harlow here. Right. He has so many side hustles. He's like trying to get famous on uh, YouTube. He has his own detox juice program, like all these sort of things. He has a training program. I like that part of it, but it's just, it's so bogged down with like, I don't know, so many, so many things. It's this movie doesn't concentrate, doesn't do a good job on like letting the audience know where to pay attention, you know? So one thing I enjoyed as uh, like an older millennial close to Gen Z or I guess, or Gen X or um, I always thought I was Gen X until I looked at the days and, was like, and the years. I was like, oh shit, no, I'm not. But what worked for this movie for me is you're talking about all like the Gen Z shit, but what it actually is doing is making fun of Gen Z shit. Yeah, that's true too. And I, I'll, you can tell me your opinion of, of the acting, but so I thought uh, Cinqua Walls, who plays Kamal, I hope I'm saying his name right, was really really great in kind of all aspects of it. Like the, the, I thought he was better in the dramatic stuff and he's, he was very funny. Jack Harlow was really funny. Like all of his lines kind of made me laugh. And then when he, when he had to do the more serious stuff and the dramatic stuff, I was like, it's kind of like your first role. Like not, not horrible. Right. But not amazing. Right. No, I didn't expect amazing. He actually did a lot better than I thought he would have done even in the dramatic stuff. But Actually, one thing I liked about this is how likable they made him. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, he's not like, like, hor- like, like, I hate him right off the bat, which I totally expected to. I wanted to. I was like, I want to hate <laughs> this character. And then I don't. And I'm like, ah, okay. Um, so there's a lot of like different kind of scenes that you could see that they were taking from the original and trying to make it their own. And, I, and in my head, well, I think that the biggest crux of this film is the fact that it's called white men can't jump. So people who have seen the original is constantly comparing it to the, to the original. And I think that hurts the movie. Cause if you take this movie on its own, like, first of all, probably no one would watch it, right. but, but second of all, um, it's actually good. Like it's actually really good for its own thing. But it, again, why do we need a remake of white men can't jump? We don't. And also it's not a good remake of 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 that it's a fine movie he just he Um, he he dunks too easily that's that's the problem 
So Does I he was, dunk uh, at all? He can't dunk because he's his knees. <laughs> Did you finish this fucking movie? He dunks easily. And then the guys, the the two friends um, that are also on the team, uh, Speedy and the other guy, Renzo, or maybe Renzo is his name in real life, um, are like, holy shit, he just fucking dunked. One of the dudes is like eating on the on the bench and he's like, what the fuck? Like the crowd goes crazy. He dunks very easily. It, so this is before he got into the, he punched this out is, the guy. Yeah, it's in the last tournament, which also... Um, I loved him punching that fan in high school. Like, totally fucking deserved it. I was so happy. You're talking about Kamal. Yes. And then Jack yeah. Harlow punching that dude at the end was also also great. Yeah. It was so telegraphed. I knew it was coming. So, But yeah. I was like, I want it. And my other, my other kind of major issue with this movie, and we talked about this, they didn't focus enough on the basketball. Right. Yeah, and the, I agree. The ending tournament was so quick when it should have been kind of a major culmination of this. Like I, I didn't even realize like, like, like I said earlier, I didn't even realize that it was the, uh, that it was the, uh, yeah, the big tournament, man. My, my biggest problem with this movie is Andrew Schultz. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like him as a comedian, but what a what a what a unlikable actor that guy is. Oh, man, this is just such a paycheck move. I like I liked his commitment to the character that was kind of. St- <laughs> I don't know. It's so. It so it's bad. funny because his his racist jokes <laughs> when he's like a stand up, it it hits differently because he, the crowd is with him. <laughs> but when but when he does it in the movie and no one is laughing, it just really makes you think, oh shit, that's just a racist character. Well, they're more racial jokes in real life than racist, but yeah, yeah. but not the, the the way that the way that no one the, the the when he goes up to the three Hispanic dudes and the fact that they don't laugh at what he says to them, it just say it's a small dick. Yeah, but I mean that's like self-deprecating, right? But I'm just talking about like the the fact that like there's not a laugh track for him or no one's laughing at this joke it's just kind of like oh okay i don't know for me his stuff fell short even though i know that they were trying to do like a he was trying to do like a similar character that jesus is in the big lebowski like he's just mm-hmm. that weirdo that that comes in and like livens up the scene but i don't know i well, he's also I, the he's also the drug dealer yeah because the plot point of of harlow being on pain meds for his two torn acls right yeah, he he got fucked up. I the the last thing and I, I said this to you before we recorded, so we're not gonna go on, you know, in depth about this movie. We just kinda wanted to touch on it and do some some synchronicity with what's coming out for once. But the 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 writing kinda felt like it just a you know, a CW show, which really like all of these kind of streaming movies now kind of feel like this right like like, they're, like straight to stream yeah. they're just not as well written um I, I agree but this is actually this one is actually probably better than most well it's kind of one of my favorite like straight to streaming movies from like a you know there's obviously some streaming movies that are from like some known quantity people you know what i mean yeah. like scorsese has straight to streaming movies now sure. but like from someone I've never heard of who's kind of coming up, like this is one of the better ones. Um, so but I, I was, I hold on. Yeah. 
But I agree with you. Like, I mean, the whole having to attach a movie to IP now to get it made, it, it like it causes these problems, right? Like this movie doesn't get made if it's not the white men can't jump sequel, reboot, whatever. And because of that, you're then just going to have a ton of people who are going to be mad at it because that's what this is. Um, when if, if it's just, you know, allowed to kind of live on its own merit, people are like, oh, it was better than I thought. You know what I mean? Um, so that definitely hurts it. So the director, since you mentioned the director of this, it's Colmatic. And he, I think he's known for doing music videos like Lil Nas's um, Old Town Road. But his only other movie is House Party. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of House Party. It's the one this where year, they... It's with yeah. Well, it's a it's also a remake, reboot, and it has yeah, LeBron. This, and it has LeBron James. LeBron James, right? Exactly. Um. Anyway, so apparently this movie suffers a lot of what, and this is just a review I read on Twitter about White Men Can't Jump twenty twenty three, but it suffers a lot from what House Party suffers from, which is kind of like the bad the the more, I guess we just call it bad writing. It's like the trying to stay hip with the kids these days sort of writing like the the writing that just doesn't age well and it's that cw drama shit that's kind of that his lane but it's kind of sad that that that's his weakness because the funny stuff like you said is actually funny it's almost like when they're trying not to be funny is that it's funniest when they're trying to make the jokes uh you know it's like eh uh, and I think the thing I want to end it on is seeing Lance Reddick in this was pretty yeah. fucking awesome. And I love that he's he's kind of a, a LeVar Ball type, which means nothing to you. But mm. um, he's kind of playing this kind of character. You think it's going to be one thing. And then the movie sort of does turn that on his head. And he's like really fucking great in this as the dad. Um, so I like seeing him. That's kind of one of the better parts of the movie. But um yeah, total surprise that he was in it to me. I didn't expect it at all. So, um, I mean, given given my final thoughts on on the original White Men Can't Jump, like it's it's a movie that's definitely kind of it's not it, it's one of those movies that you know if I saw it when it come out, you know, there's so many people that saw that when it came out and loved it, and so I was kind of unsure how I would feel about it. But even for all of kind of the the you know the little points that i had issue with i loved it like it's a movie i'll watch again just kind of hanging out with woody harrelson and wesley snipes like at this you know at this age and in this movie was like a lot of fun and so i was pleasantly surprised at how much i liked it i thought i would like it okay i love woody harrelson i love wesley snipes but yeah i was very happy with how much i liked it i i agree with you I kind of went in with it not knowing really anything about it, um, just knowing that a lot of people like it. And when I found out that it was like a con movie, and it's 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 funny too because it's more of a con movie than it is a sports movie, right? Um, and watching it with that kind of like that. Um, con colored glasses i guess you would say like watching it as a like a like a hustler movie uh rather than a sports movie i like it a lot i mean i've said it before i I said that this is definitely like one of my top movies because um because the characters are so so likable 
Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad I watched it. And I think it kind of does hold up after all these years. Yeah, uh, One more thing, just tying the old movie with the new movie. One thing that the, the new movie does that I actually like and kind of fixes the old movie is that uh, um, Jack Harlow uh, is pointing out how outdated um, Kamal Allen's viewpoints are on like white versus black trying not like not thinking white guys can play basketball and like kind of so it's it it has these like uh racial points that the movie makes but it's not about it's other things it's about other things it's not about basketball which i i thought was interesting but then also getting away from the fact of what the original is about and like the the whole you know that ideal of it so yeah, it updates it, but also it it didn't have to be called White Men Can't Jump. Well, it had to in order to be made, so. <laughs> True. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And, and we, we finally, finally watched... watched White Men Can't Jump. <laughs>